You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour. Your chance to win tickets to the Equalizer 3. Courtesy of Landmark Cinemas, it's easy today. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. 960-960, name and location. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, senior writer for the fourth period, you hear him on Sirius XM NHL Radio. We say good morning to our friend, Dennis Bernstein. Hey, Dennis, how are you? Doing great, George. Doing great, Matt. Always great to talk to hockey with uh, you. And uh, is it October yet? Can't wait. Uh, not yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we we had some news last week, which was fun and exciting. I um, wanted to ask you, Dennis. Uh, I know a lot of Leaf fans. You know, there was a lot of hand wringing that Austin Matthews only signed a four year deal. Why aren't superstars following his lead of signing these shorter term deals to maximize the amount of money? they can make because in four years time he'll cash in once again i think it's very smart by him as in representation not to lock himself down for these super eight-year long-term yeah. deals dennis why are more hockey players doing this because they're not austin matthews and okay. he can in four years sign another 13 or 15 million dollar contract george i agree i think it should be more like the nba where guys are looking to to do that but it, you know even it sounds crazy but Eight or nine million dollars, you want to lock that in. This guy has the luxury of doing that. So mm. there's maybe one or two players, or maybe five players. I, I'm so interested, George, in seeing what happens with uh, Leon Drysaddle in Edmonton. Well, that that's what I'm really, really interested in seeing. But uh, he's a guy that could do it. But there's maybe four or five guys that could do it. But the the, the guys, the second tier guys, they want that security. They want that eight, nine, or million, uh, million dollar deal. Maybe this is a little bit of a trend set. But I, I don't think that a lot of players could risk what Austin Matthews will and going back in at, you know, 30 and signing another deal or 31. Yeah, like Connor McDavid uh, in three years from now. Yeah. Like, he'll be 29. Mm-hmm. He can write his own ticket. Like, why would he sign an eight-year deal when he could probably sign, I don't know, a two-year deal for the maximum amount against the cap? Like, I, I just don't get it. I think I think there just needs to be – and you're right, it's only the elite of the elite, but if I'm Dreisaitl, if I'm McDavid, why would I sign eight-year deals? I just don't understand it. Well, Austin's the first one, and he – yeah. George, he played this perfectly, right? He said, I want to stay here. I want to sign. He waited for Nylander to come in and couldn't, and the, his camp just didn't want to wait any, any further because that was the scenario. Like, all right, take care of Willie, and then we'll sign our deal. But he played it perfectly. He got top dollar, and now the question is – What's Connor going to get? What's Nathan McKinnon going to get in Colorado when those deals come up? But you're right. Maybe it does send a, a set a trend. But, again, I just think it's maybe a top 10 performing NHL player, not the, the, the rank and file. This also feels like after this one got signed that we're probably going to have to wait to see what William Nylander's season is like before his next contract gets done. Do you feel the same way? Mm. Yeah, I do. Uh, but And, well... If he came down on his demands, Matt, maybe we'd have a different conversation. Sure, yeah. But he wants $10 million a year. So I, I get it. Like, they, Austin couldn't wait. He goes, we need to get this done because it's different. They're so different, right? You couldn't have Austin Matthews going to the season, not signed to an extension in Toronto with the All-Star game there. You, you, you yeah. just – they didn't want that distraction. So they tried to work. They were patient. It was, again, 
Washerman and Judd Moldover played it perfectly. And with Inielander, yeah, he's going to have to prove himself again. But can you really fit? Here's the question, Matt. Like, what's the cap going to be next year? How much is it going to go up? Mm-hmm. Can you give Willie $10 million? Is he worth that $10 million? And if I'm, if I'm the Leafs, i got to slow cook it. I took my big bite here with, with Austin. Do I want to do it again? I don't. And remember about Nylander, you know, Tavares' deal is coming up, so that also will factor mm-hmm. in as well. And the cap will go up well. But I think we, they will be more patient. But, you know, knowing the Leafs, they'll just sign and give the guy $10 million and yeah. try to figure it out from there. <laughs> like, the thing is, too, like, if he scores 40 again, he had two more points than Austin Matthews this year. Granted, he played eight more games or something along those lines. Yeah. But that being said, if he has a year that replicates what he did last season, $10 million shouldn't be out of the question, should it not? No, it shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't. But he's not getting Austin Matthews money. But, yeah. no, it should not be out of the question. That That's the thing. If he goes 40 and 40 and they actually win two rounds, like that would be it. But, again, yeah. he has the luxury of time. With Austin, again, it's a different situation because he's a different player and there's so much attention on Austin Matthews at game in, game out. And that gives cover for a guy like Nylander. He's got to understand that you know, his path's a little bit more clear because Austin's you know, taking the brunt of all the media attention and everything like that from that town. Would you hmm, would you prioritize William Nylander at $10 million or would you prior, prioritize something different on the back end? Hmm. I'd have to see how they play. Sure. Well, but who, who are you going to prioritize, right? I'd have to see how they play with this team in the playoffs because, look, they should win the division. Like They, they mm-hmm. are rightfully one of the big-time favorites to win the Cup. They, they really are because when you see what happened with Boston and, you know, maybe, you know, you, you want to talk about Elias Lindholm, that if they can't do a deal, maybe that's a destination for them. But, yeah, I, I think at this point, who's the defenseman you would give $10 million a year to, to for, for that gap? Or who are you going to really enrich here? I don't really have a name at the top of my mind on it. So I would think that, yes, they're going to have to make other adjustments. But, again, when you have that core team, and, again, remember, the, the Tavares contract is going to go away, that I would be comfortable doing that if, again, Matt, he puts up 40 and 40, then, yeah, you got to pull the trigger and make it happen. Dennis, what's your sense, or what are you hearing about an Elias Lindholm extension with the Flames? They want to get it done. But George is going to, you know, look, here's the thing. Let's talk about comparables. I know people roll their eyes, eight-year deal, eight, eight-and-a-half, maybe touching nine. Look at the comparables. Look at a guy like uh, Horvat, what he signed for, right? He signed for, what, eight over eight. Like Thomas Hurdles, another great comparable. About the same age, same production, eight-five. Sebastian, he's not Sebastian Ajo, even though they're relatively close in points in the last four seasons. He's not an eight, nine point, what, seven, five million dollar player that, you know, Ajo got in, in Carolina, but it's going to cost you probably between eight and a half and nine million. Mike, I keep going back to the question how, how do you replace that player? And some fans don't think he's worth that money, but when you look at the comparables of guys I just mentioned who have never won a cup, then yeah, that's what it's going to take to get this player home. And, you know, I've said this before on the show. I like this player. I think he should stay home. If he wants to stay here, that's going to be the going price for a player of that production. If you want to swallow that and go forward with him, that's great. If not, you know, there are probably, I would say, five or six teams that would be willing to take him on at this point. Do you believe in the Canadian team tax, that Canadian teams has got to play, pay a little extra more than American teams to keep their players? Nah, it's just a salary cap, George. When there's no salary cap, then that's the case. And I would say, yeah, okay, maybe it's going to take a bit more to have to play, a player play in Calgary than in New York or, or Chicago or Los Angeles. I, I just don't buy it. I, I think players want to win if the organization's well, if they're treated well. I, I don't think there's a Canadian tax, to be honest with you, because, again, 
Maybe a change of George once the cap is at like 90 or 95 million or something like that. But right now in the moment, I don't buy that. I just think there's not just not enough room in the salary cap to say, okay, I have the luxury of going here, going there. And you have to have a, a team that look, George, here's the thing. All contending teams are against the cap. That's a situation that, that you have. So I, I just I just don't buy that. I, I just don't really think that's the case. Here's the thing with the Flames, too. Like, There's a lot of discussion around guys like Lindholm and Backlund and Hannafin, etc. But they're all signed for this season for sure. And it does feel like they might start the season with all of these guys on the team. As mm-hmm. this roster is constructed, how do you think they hold up in this Pacific division, which we've discussed with you recently, is quite stacked. There's a lot of good teams that are going to be playing in the Pacific this year. Yeah, there's a lot of really, really good teams, but here's the, th- here's the number I keep going back to, mm-hmm. Matt, and, and it's not about any of the players that you just mentioned. 892. That was the safe percentage post Markstrom yeah. and Bladar last year. If it's 9-10, they're in the playoffs, and they probably could do some damage. I think this team is built for the playoffs. They really are, because a guy like Nas Kadri, and you're right about one thing, Matt, though. You, you look at who are free agents next summer, and it's scary on the blue line. You've got four guys, you know, three or, or, of players of consequence, mm-hmm. in Hannafin, Tanev, and Sidorov, who are free agents after the season. So I, I think this is a prove-it-to-me season for this team, right? This could be a very, very different-looking team in 24-25, depending on what happens. But I think at, at this point, it's really late in the season. Like, what moves are going to make in the offseason here? This is the team that you're going to see. This is the roster you're going to see. I don't think there's going to be any big deal pulled on September 15th yeah. by the Calgary Flames to change the face of this team. So, mm-hmm. But I, I think they can could be competitive. I don't see them as a division winner, but I, I got to think that Uberdo is going to be better. If there's some surety on, on uh, Elias Lindholm so he doesn't have to, he can focus on playing and not a contract extension, that'll help. But again, I keep going back to the goaltending. The goaltending was subpar. That was one of the reasons, combined with the fact that they were just hard after 60 minutes, that missed them, make them miss the playoffs last season. How much do you read into kind of the, the media availabilities right as the season starts? Because right now the NHL is doing their European players media tour. We're getting some interview clips, that type of thing. What do you like to keep an eye on, you know, as the season draws near to kind of get your projections on players a little bit closer to what they'll be? Well, well I, I just think that it's a nice vacation for the guys who went to Stockholm and did the media tour. Like last year, <laughs> Matt, they did it in Paris. So how much... How much, how much stock do I take in the things that they're saying in these media tours? Not much. These are, look, this is the NHL. These guys are guarded. They, they, don't, they tend not to show a lot of personality. So I, I just think that coming off last season, I, I just think I look and I want to see the, the comments of the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, how, you know, what are they doing? It doesn't look like they're parting that hard. Like, this isn't, um, you know, like the Blues a couple of seasons ago or – uh, Ovi and Red with the cup getting drunk all summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, they're not that. They're, they're, it's a really mature team. So I think they got a legit shot. So the guys, you know, the, the guys that they're putting out there, and it's great that they go to Europe and do these tours because, again, they have the Global Series in November. So, again, this is a precursor to that. So I, I just look at, you know, again, I, I just think the news cycle for the past month was, you know, or the past couple of weeks was Austin Matthews. So I think there's a lot more attention to that. I just think, again, it's going to be a highly competitive season. You could probably put six or seven teams into a hat, pick out a name of those favorites, and they have a legit shot to win the cup at this uh, at this juncture. That's what I love about it right now is that there are numerous teams that you can talk about that have a legit shot at winning it all. Dennis Bernstein, senior writer for the fourth period and host for Sirius XM NHL Radio, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Dennis, the one term I can't stand 
Uh, is their team's own like free agent acquisition or deadline addition when the when the guy's heading to free yeah. agency and they just let him walk because he's kind of like you know a guy they would pick up at the deadline anyway? I hate that. I think that's just poor asset management. Management. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, look, it's sometimes players walk away. It's as simple as that. And and you can see, you know, George, you, you see these rentals at the trade deadline. They don't really get as much as they used to. Probably because of the eighty-three point five million, maybe that changes. But you know, keeping your own free agent, like again, look, I'm waiting for the the new breed of general managers that take more risks, that want to do three and four way deals, that are more con- more constructive. And I give you know, treat credit in Toronto. That was a constructive deal to go four years with a superstar, right? So so that that's I agree with you. I, I just don't think there's enough aggressiveness, which is weird, George, because when you get to to the trade deadline. There's still legitimately seven or eight teams that could make a difference-making deal that could win them a cup, right? And it's just uh, the hesitancy from these old-school GMs, and maybe that changes <clears throat> by the time I retire and not to cover the sport anymore. <laughs> but you're right. There's just not enough aggressiveness in the marketplace. And look, yeah. they've been pointing at the cap, not moving for years. But now there's not be an excuse. And even in this trade deadline, George, because here's why. Because you know the cap's going up next season to $89 million or whatever. It's going to be 5 or $6 million more. So you could bring in a guy with term who might put you over the cap like next season but won't because you'll have $6 million more. So I would expect more aggressiveness with guys of term that might have a little bit of term, that you might have to make a little bit of a machination financially this season. But yeah. to get a guy with term for next season and beyond, I think there's a, a more pa- a pa- an easier path to acquire those players to the trade deadline. Uh, if somebody tells you, uh, this is kind of more of a statement than a question, Dennis, but if somebody tells you the NHL is in an old boys club, uh, just point to the lack of offer sheets. We see them in the NBA all the time. We see them in the NFL where teams put other teams in a situation where they have to make a decision because they want to acquire that player. When's the last one we saw? The, the Sebastian Ajo Montreal thing, mm-hmm. like yeah. a real high profile one. I, I, like, I, I would, I would imagine, Dennis, that if we actually saw offer sheets in the, in the NHL, we'd have a lot more player movement and be, it would just be better for the sport because we'd be talking more about it instead of these guys so worried about offending other teams and general managers and owners. I think it's just ridiculous. It's a competitive advantage that if teams have the ability to use, they should absolutely use it, Dennis. And I always joke, I think that offer sheets like Sasquatch. I've heard a rumor that they actually succeed. There might be one out there, but they don't right. really succeed. And then the thing with Kakanyemi, and, 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 and he wound up signing for a long-term deal, and he hasn't really produced. But yeah, and not only that, George, George, they reduced the amount that you have to pay a team in draft picks to get this done. The compensation came down, so it's not as arduous. It was. It's not first four first-round picks anymore. It should be a tool, but again, like I mentioned, and as you, as you refer to as well, Maybe the next generation of general managers sees that as a tool. These guys just don't. And you're right. It, 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 does it make sense business-wise to, to offer sheets certain players when you look at what the compensation is for them? Absolutely. Do they do it? They don't do it because, again, I, I agree with you. I, I just don't think – and nobody wants to be on the wrong side of another general manager. You get fired. You need another job. The guy might remember you offer sheet as a guy five years ago, and you don't get a job. So, yes, I think there's certainly an old more network still attached to this league that I think, frankly, for the better of the game, needs to change at some point. Well, I, I think there's two things here for me as well. Like, number one is that NHL players as a whole I just find are – 
for lack of a better word, a little bit more loyal. And the thing about an offer sheet is that the player has to want to do it as well. It's not just yeah, some yeah. other team right. doing the offer sheet. The player has to want to do it right. through yeah. their agent. Yeah. And then the other thing that you just talked about, I, I just think the compensation is way too much. Like for a player over six and a half million dollars, you got to give up a first, a second, and a third, which pretty much you know, clear out the cupboards for a player at six and a half million dollars max. I don't think that's worth it to a lot of GMs. Yeah, it, it's not. But if you have that player that can put you over mm-hmm. and look, I'm here's the thing with me, Matt, like I, I'm not a big prospects draft pick guy. Mm-hmm. They're lottery tickets. Yeah. And most lottery tickets lose. Like I'll give you an example. And I'm not saying this lose. The guy here in Los Angeles that he picked second overall a couple of seasons ago. Quentin Byfield had three goals last year. I went back to Matt, You'll love this. I went back to my tweet. Mm-hmm from a, like three or four years ago. Yeah. And some guy said, if Rob Blake traded Quentin Byfield and Alex Turcotte for Jack Eichel, he should be immediately fired. <laughs> so that's what I think about prospects. <laughs> so that's what, so if, if, if I was a GM, if I was a GM, like I would make these deals. Like I don't buy, like there's a handful of guys that are elite players that break through. Look at the two guys in New York and in, in Lafreniere and Caco. They keep waiting and waiting to say, maybe they'll get 30 this year. So for me, I don't think the value that some of these GM attached to draft picks, especially draft picks, not just prospects, guys that they already have in the system, the draft picks, I think is way too high. I would be like Les Snead at the Rams, and I'm a Rams fan. Too. Now, they're going to take it on a chin. They might win one year game this year because mm. everybody left, but that, that's how I would look at it. I'd be much more aggressive with my draft picks. So I think in, until you, you really evaluate how players come through the system and develop high picks – a lot of them don't work out. I would always trade the certainty of a proven player for the draft picks I might give up for an offer sheet. But I agree with you. I think that's a barrier as well. Like, the other thing, too, is, like, how did you end up looking at the Jesperi Kakaniemi situation as a whole? Because in the end, he signed a long-term deal, but the AAV mm-hmm. on that was significantly less than what he signed for an offer sheet on. Yeah, well, they went all in on him, right? So they had to keep him there, right? That, that's, here's the thing. I agree with you, Matt. Like, I, I always thought that guy. I saw him a lot in Montreal. I'm on the air a lot in Montreal. I watch yeah. a lot of games. To me, he's a third-line center. Like, see, so being the third-line center, $6 million, that's great. I'll go, I guess you can afford it because you've got reasonable price contracts in Carolina. On another team, that's an anchor contract, Matt. So I, I, I never yeah. got that. I, I know the guy was a third overall pick. I know he's a useful player. He's an NHL player. Is he worth $6 million? Of course he isn't. But again, that was a situation where it got personal and the owner got involved and all that other drama around that. But I, I never, like, I, I get it. I get why you wanted to make that offer. But again, to that extension at that price for that player, I think it was a bad move by the team. But, you know, they wound up winning a cup. And again, they, they're favorites this year. They could do it again this year. We could be proven wrong. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That was a real head scratcher because I never thought that this kid would be a 2C. I think at best on a championship team, he's a 3C. Is there anybody, or pardon me, let me ask you about Jonathan Taves, because he said he was going to step away for this year and then maybe come back. Like, what do you think we're going to see from Jonathan Taves down the road? Because this feels like a, an unfortunate way for a, a storybook career to kind of close if this ends up yeah. being it. He's been through a lot, Matt. He's been through so much with the illness, with the long COVID, with the autoimmune issues. I, I think he just needs to decompress and step away from the game. And if you know anything about that player and how, how competitive he is, I can imagine Jonathan Taves, if he's now healthy and at 100% sitting home for three or four months, like probably like a caged tiger watching the NL playoffs and saying, okay, I want to get back in. So I think it's a really smart move because it doesn't close the door. He's still a useful player. He's not going to be a one seed when he comes back, but if he gets to a contending team, as, I'll, I'll look example, if he was healthy this season, like if he could play, 
he'd be a natural for Boston. Like he would certainly oh, yeah. fill in there from a from a from a playing standpoint, from a leadership and standpoint with Bergeron leaving as well. That would be mm-hmm. a fit. So I, I think it's a really smart move. But I I, I think we will see him again. Uh, assuming that the year off will help his body heal and his mindset will be ready to go. But I think those competitive juices that Jonathan Taze has, and again, he, his legacy set, right? He doesn't have to play anymore. But a, 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 an elite athlete stepping away from the game at that age because of non-injury factor but illness, I think we could see Jonathan Taze back in the league again next uh, in 24-25. Dennis, do you think Michael Backlund's future is at all tied to what happens to Elias Lindholm? No, I don't, George. I think it's two entirely separate things. I, I think with, with Backlund, you're talking about a player. He's six years older than Lindholm, right? So I, I think that if you're going to sign Lindholm, because of all the free agents that we mentioned here, you could sign Michael Backlund. I, I think Connie's job is, okay, I've got, what, five free agents of consequence. Who's staying? Who's not going to stay? Who can I trade if a team really doesn't perform like a Hannafin? I think that's the, probably the number one trade target because you can always use a left-side defenseman contending teams. I don't think it has anything to do with it. Maybe he has to take a haircut at 34, 35 years old from the 5.3 cap, cap hit. I don't think they're tied together. I think we Lindholm home because you want that player, and they want him without question, um, uh, that Backland will see on Backland. I think, again, it depends on how the team does, how he performs at age 34, and then they can make the necessary moves because I believe he wants to stay. So that one, that's the one thing that probably helps the Flames at this point with respect to his deal that expires at the end of the season. Uh, Dennis, we talked about this last week on the show. Out of the Sabers, Red Wings, and Senators, you know, which is the best team out of those three in your opinion heading into the year? I love the Sabers. I, I think they could be top three in the division in the Atlantic. I think Boston's going to take a step back. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, Ottawa, they need a goaltender. They do. And Detroit, eh, I just, you know, Stevie signed so many players there. Like last season, last offseason, he signed like seven. Andrew Copton produced. I get they got the Brinkett. Uh, again, I'm not, uh, I guess he finds a way because he's Stevie Y and he's a genius and he helped build Tampa. But I think Buffalo's positioned very, very, George, they got two number one overall picks on the blue line. And Darlene might win the Norris this year, and Power may yeah. win it in the future, even though he's not a point producer and he needs to produce points to win the Norris, I guess, at this point. I love Buffalo. I really think they have an opportunity well, because Boston, I think, is going to take a step back, and, and I think Tampa's getting a little bit older. So, And the question is, with Buffalo also is, Ned, is Devin Levi going to be the guy? Right. I was going to say, like, who has bigger question marks than that, Ottawa or Buffalo? It's, it's Well, if you believe in the potential of Devin Levi, then I think the big, bigger question mark will be Ottawa. But if Devin Levi in the first 25 games doesn't produce, then what are you going to do? So it's simple as that. But they just have so much offense. I love Tage Thompson. I really, you know, as much as a joke, that, you know, George, I give them credit. Two seasons ago, that franchise was a joke. Couldn't get out of the way on the the Jack Eichel deal. And now this is a dangerous team. I I really think they'll make the playoffs. Maybe I'm a little overstepping and saying top three. I really think they're a top eight team without question. They're young. They're aggressive. I love the the way that Thompson's emerged in the middle. And, again, their blue line is going to be great now and in the future. There's just so much to like in Buffalo right now. So of those three teams you mentioned, I certainly like Buffalo the best. Yeah, I think it's going to be super fascinating what happens in that division. Just real quick, what are your expectations uh, just locally closer to, to home here? out of the Sharks, Ducks, 
and uh, uh, Canucks. Like out of those three teams in this Pacific that the Flames are going to have to beat up on to get to a playoff spot, a wild card spot potentially, or heaven forbid, a top three spot in this division. What are your expectations of those three cellar dwellers potentially? Because Vancouver obviously seems like the best team on paper heading into the year. What are your expectations of those three teams? Well, I wouldn't stay up late to watch the Ducks or the Sharks, without question. You don't have okay. to watch any of those games this year. Okay. It's not going to be pretty, especially in San Jose. Uh, Vancouver, yeah, that's a team that, look, they responded to Tockett. Without qu- they were a far better team with Tockett. The question is, you know, what happens with Elias uh, uh, Patterson? Like, does he want to stay? Does he want to sign a, a, a long-term contract? But there's a lot of talent on the team, George. I like JT Miller. I know a lot of people don't. He's a really look down the middle. They, they've got their top six is really good. I, that, that's it. So I think that again, um, of those three teams, I certainly think Vancouver can get back in it if they continue the way they played at the end of the season under Tucker. The only question I have there is that a lot of teams play well when there's no pressure on, and can this team? And they've done it a couple of times. They finished well at the end of seasons. They got coaches' jobs. And then the beginning of the following season, they didn't play well. But you've got Pedersen, a 100-point guy last season. You've got JT Miller at 82. That's a really nice start. Plus, you have Quinn Hughes back there as well at 76 points last year. So certainly, I think Vancouver will be the mix. Do I think, like, if you, even they get in, George, I think they're a wild-card team. I don't think they're going to do much damage. Demko has shown signs of bouncing back last season. He had a 1-9-12 save percentage once he got healthy. So I think certainly of those three teams – the team, the Flames would have to watch out would be for Vancouver. I just think you're going to have easy points against San Jose and uh, Anaheim again this season. Dennis Bernstein, senior writer for the fourth period and host on Sirius XM NHL Radio. Dennis, always fun, pal. Thanks for this. Always great being on the big show, boys. Thanks for the time. Dennis Bernstein was on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. What, what are your expectations of the Canucks this season? <sighs> Better than I think last that sums year. it up there. That noise you just made is the Canucks. Are they good? Are they better than they were last year? Are they worse? Like um, the thing is, it did sound like it was quite a gong show there. Essentially, until Rick Tockett showed up, and a lot of that was them, you know, making their bed and having to sleep into it. The Bruce Boudreaux stuff was a debacle from the start of the season, and they could not get out of their way on that. And I'm sure that was a distraction for the players as much as it was for the fans, media, and everything else. So, I don't know. I think that they could be a good team. I think that they could be the four team in the Pacific. I also think they could be the sixth team in the Pacific. Like, there's a couple of key teams here that I think are going to be a little bit ahead of everybody just because they're maybe a little bit more proven recently, and that would be the Golden Knights, Stanley Cup champs, Connor McDavid and the Oilers and the impressive depth that the Kings have put up and, and been able to even beat the Oilers in a recent playoff series. And then after that, you've got the Kraken, who had an excellent year last year. Can they build on that? That would mm-hmm. be impressive. You have the Flames, who have a bunch of bona fide stars in this league who are coming off career worst years. How much can they bounce back? And if they do, what does that look like? And then you've got the Vancouver Canucks. Stars, center depth, maybe a little bit of a question mark on their blue line, but if Thatcher Demko is healthy for the full year, then what does that team look like? And plus, like we talked about, like Rick Tockett, I think, is really... Rick Tukit. Rick Tukit, my apologies to Rick, uh, has been a, a great find for them. 
and having a full training camp to make sure these guys are in the shape that he wants and, and kind of instilling his stuff from the start, I think that's going to be big for him too. So I don't know how to rank the Canucks. They're in that second tier of teams in the Pacific Division for me. And then the third tier is the Ducks and the Sharks. But there's three tiers for me in the Pacific. What, what percentage would you give the Edmonton Oilers in winning the President's Trophy this regular season? Well, here's the thing. I think they can do it. Like, what what would you say for the favorite, the chances? Like, the President's Trophy is extremely hard to do, especially in the NHL. Like, I don't think a lot of people would have had the Bruins and look what they did. So I would say, like... Like, heading into the season, like, who's who do you think is going to have the best regular season? I think the Oilers are right near the top of that list. It's I hate to say it. true, but, but I also find that the Oilers are one injury away from being a pretty mediocre team. Injury to McDavid or Dreisaitl? Bingo. Or okay. in net, frankly. So, All right. Which is fine, right? Like you can have that an injury to your team. That, but at the same time, like 10%? Oh, I think it's a little higher than that. GVP, what do you, think the, what do you think the percentage is for the Oilers to win the President's Trophy? I would put it, I'm going to get a little crazy. I'm going to get a little crazy here. 25% chance. GVP? I feel like it's about right. I'd, I, I think I'd go a little bit lower than if that. If you sim like the entire season. Yeah, like one in four times doing the entire season, the Oilers end up on top. Like that feels really high. Mm. This is a team that has also shown that there have been ways that they can get in their own way. Like I'll give them sure. some props. Going out to get Matthias Eckholm. That was a great move. And. You've got some good players up front, like the team, like the way it's built. But I just like don't trust that team. They just seem to do things that end up foiling yeah, themselves. Like, you just look around. Who potentially is going to have a better regular season? Vegas, uh, Stanley Cup hangover. Can they get goaltending? Like that was lightning in a bottle with their goaltending, right? Well, I don't know. They've got three good goaltenders, and in the NHL sure. nowadays, it just shows like you don't need Stone a still one battling goaltender. injury, like. They were fine without Stone all last year. Okay. But we're talking regular season here. That That's that's the difference here. Not come playoffs when he's got to no, you know, put his fine. body on the line. No, I, I agree. I, I would still go Vegas toe-to-toe. Avalanche, I, I like maybe? Depth. Avalanche is tough. I don't know what's going to happen with Gabe Landeskog. It feels like they've well, He's almost, not playing this year. Yeah, I know. And like it just feels like without him, it's going to be harder to do. Um so that team is a little bit of a question mark for me. I don't think there's anybody that's definitely that far and away that's out there in the in the central division. Well, with the Metro. Who do you think has a better chance, the Leafs or the Oilers, to win the President's Trophy? I think I think it's the Oilers, based on their schedule. Because hmm. there's, there's really no easy games for the Leafs in their division. No. Like, the Habs are going to be better. They still stink. But those games are always tough for them, especially with their history. Mm-hmm. Like the Senators, like the Senators, Red Wings, and Sabers are way better than like Ducks, Canucks, Sharks, and it's not even in the same stratosphere. And you still have the Lightning, the Panthers, the Bruins in that division. I think just based on their division, it's a lot harder for the Leafs to get more points than the um, Oilers. I, I think the team maybe we're overlooking in all this when it comes to regular season success. Maybe Carolina. the Hurricanes, Maddie, yeah. Carolina. 
Yeah, that'd be one that I would look to. I, I rarely like to count out Rob Brendamore, and with Evgeny Svechnikov coming back, like you just wonder what they would have been able to do in the postseason if they had a couple of guys that could actually put the puck in the net. I'm a huge Hurricanes fan. Uh, I think they're always good. So th- that would be another team that I definitely would contemplate. Like The thing is, you go back and you look at the standings from last year, uh, New Jersey finished third in the NHL, and all yep. they did this offseason is improve. Yep. Right? I don't think anyone's going to argue with you about that. Young, fast team. I just I don't know if there is a team that I look at and I say, yeah, for sure, take my money on a bet there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, it could be the Oilers, but I still think 10% is probably where I would put them. They're not that much better than everybody else. Okay. Their blue line still is their blue line. Uh, and, it'll be interesting. And, Even Dallas. And, 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 and sophomore goaltending. You know, you don't want to talk about lightning in a bottle in Vegas. What's Stuart Skinner? He doesn't have a huge track record either. He was good. Great duster. But not as good as that Kirk Cousins handlebar that he's got going right now. Yeah. Kirk's getting a lot of playtime these days. He is. Getting a lot of airtime for old Kirkko. Yep. You like that. (laughs) You like that. Um, straight ahead, we're giving away some tickets. That's fun. You like it on three, one, two, three. You like it! What if we played shirts versus skins? I like it, Kirko. Kirko. Um, <laughs> Kirko. Um, we're giving away tickets. I like it, uh, Kirko. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. Your chance to win uh, tickets to go see Equalizer 3, courtesy of our friends at Landmark Cinemas. We'll do that next to wrap up Monday. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Um, It's always fun to give away stuff on this program. I like uh, I like rewarding our listeners with stuff. It's fun. It's one of the joys of the job, one of the perks. Sure. You listen, you text in or call in, and bam, you win something. Mm-hmm. Always cool. Maybe the, today's the day where a man, Wedley and Bridal, would win something. Maybe, maybe. today's the day. Doubt it, but maybe. <laughs> maybe. Could be, the, could be the day. Maybe. Maybe. Super exciting. Um Last night, uh, your boy put down the Elks as one-and-a-half-point favorites to put the bet down, mm-hmm. like what I saw in Hamilton. I knew Ottawa was trash. Yeah, did you? And uh, I knew my man from Niagara Falls was going to get it done for Edmonton. What's his name? Trey Ford. Nailed it. That'd be. Suck on that, Rose. <laughs> um, by the way, what do we do in our fantasy? You didn't do it yet? No, I haven't done it. I meant to do it in one of the commercials and... Life gets in the way, George. Okay. Uh, you are a busy man. You are a mover and shaker. Well, that's me. Everyone I don't know which one it is, though. I, I know do, you're one of those. I do both. So uh, the Elks finally won at home for the first time in 1,415 days last night. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended their 22-game home losing streak. October 9th, 2019. October 12th, 2019 was the last time they won at home. And we've been asking you on the text line, 960-960, all morning. The Elks' home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. The Elks' home losing streak was still shorter 
than my streak of blank. 960, 960, name and location. I think it's safe to say um, the most popular now personality on sports at 960, the fan. I think he's overtaken Pat Steinberg. Uh, maybe just because Pat had some time off, but you yeah. got to take advantage of your opportunities when they're there. Yeah. Uh, Texty McTexterson is our Sportsnet 960 to fan texturing robot. He's been, he's been limbering up in the back. He's been doing some calisthenics. He's mm. loose. I believe I saw some hammies. jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> he did some, uh, uh, circles with his arms out. Yeah. The circles. Little circles or those? big circles? Uh, both. Oh. He really had to loosen up. I think he mixed in a burpee or two. <laughs> Whoa. So he's ready settle, to go. Settle down, bud. Yeah, he's ready to go. What are you, trying to get into the Olympics here? Burpees? Yeah. Come on. He, he's ready to go. Um, 960, 960, name and location. We've been asking you. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my streak of blank. Oh, texty, let's do it. Wedley in Bridalwood. The Elks losing streak still shorter than my morning show prize losing streak. <laughs> is that is that our boy? It is. That's yeah, our boy. Yeah, Wedley is on a long. He texts in every day, tries to win a prize, and yet he has yet to win anything. Bit of a cold streak. Yeah. Bit of cold streak. Like, I could give it to him today. He could if you wanted to, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be something better. I don't know. Probably. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's it's good. pretty good. Not bad. Not good. Right in the middle. A okay. little baby bared it. Just uh, right. Uh, let's do another one. Josh in Ranchlands. The Elks home losing streak was still shorter than my time with my tapeworm. Aww. <laughs> that tapeworm thing why will do, not go away. Why does that keep coming on our show? <laughs> my time of, with the tapeworm. We've got a lot of guys who got tapeworms, eh? Yeah. You guys got to like, cook your A lot of guys meat. eating questionable food. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. How does this keep happening to you? You know, this sub with extra mayo was in my hot car all day. I'm going to eat it on the way home. I'm a, I'm a little peckish. I'm just so peckish. I'm so, yeah. I'm so I'm a little up. snacky. I'm, so I'm a little up. snacky. What's a little smell? smell Come on, test? people. Oh, yeah. Oh, I probably shouldn't, but I will. Okay. Gross. Does it pass the smell test? Not really, but I'm hungry. <laughs> but close enough. Whatever. Oh, Whatever. Man. All right, Josh. All right, we still man. haven't rewarded you with your with your tapeworm. <laughs> we still haven't rewarded that. It's, that's like that's like Wedley and Bridalwood territory almost now. <laughs> it's interesting. All right, it's so another one, bad, dude. Gord in Riverbend. Elk's losing streak was still shorter than my streak of crapping on company time. <laughs> well done. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, like some people just save it's, it for work. It's a really good effect. Now, here's a question I want to throw around the room. <laughs> what is the appropriate amount of time? Because, see, we can't answer this question because we have time constraints. Yeah, breaks like, are five minutes break. long. Yeah, there's a break and you got to get back. But if you're just, you know, you're in an office, you're on a construction site, you work wherever, what is the appropriate amount of time to drop a deuce? Like what, how long should you be gone for? Ten. At work. Ten minutes? Ten minutes. How do I we feel, feel like ten minutes is the absolute longest. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's fair. 
GVP. I was gonna say fifteen. If people are taking, <laughs> if people are taking fifteen minutes for darts, and I'm not a smoker, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit on the pot for fifteen. I That's, think. Good okay. point. You're definitely scrolling through your phone. Yeah. Also, like two, fifteen minutes is definitely two darts. I, I wouldn't know. Okay. All right. If you're um, taking fifteen minutes smoke breaks, like out of being well done, you're just taking money from your company hand over yeah. fist. Shan. Well, five minutes is not enough time to to properly enjoy taking one on company time, but I think ten minutes is where you start to get in a little bit of hey, what's this guy doing? So I think seven and a half we can meet in the middle. Well, okay, wow, you're even going to the second. Well, wow, tight thirty, hey, yeah. <laughs> okay. Trade to the clock, baby. I like that one, Gord. Mm-hmm. I like that it sparked conversation too. It's important. It's all about creating conversation, you know. <laughs> I'm a 30-minute pooper. Okay, great. <laughs> Legs falling asleep? 30 minutes? Yeah. Wait, you get up and you whip. fall down? Why'd you fall down? Well, it's pooping for 30 minutes. <laughs> He's got to do calisthenics after to get the blood yeah, back. He's got, his got to loosen up. He's got pins and needles in his feet. 30 minutes at, 30 minutes at work. That's legendary. Uh, where's Steve? Oh, I know where he is. Oh, I know where he is. Don't Where's go- Gord? Oh, yeah, Gord uh, had to go take care of some business. We'll yeah. see him in 30 minutes. Yeah, he's closing a big deal. Let him be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he is. Uh, how many more we got here? Uh, moving forward. <laughs> got, got about four here. It was uh, a bit, bit of a dry day on the text line. That's fine. You know, say that. It's it's late August here. Uh, people are on vacation <laughs> this week. They don't have to know. Regular routine starting up next week. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a slow week in sports radio. It's just the way it is. Um, although we've had some great guests today, by the way. Some yeah, good interviews. Pretty really good rock lineup. solid interviews. I was almost like, wow, are you going to really use all this in day one? We, you know, there's four more days left of the week. Yeah, guys. like it's <laughs> tough to top some. The Charles down. interview was great. Arash was fantastic. Dennis dropping some hot, some hot hockey talk with an American accent. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, let's get to another one. Stacy in Calgary is shorter than my streak of payments made to Good Life Fitness in which I have never gone once. <laughs> Don't you love that? I like that one, have Stacey. You, did you, have you ever had a gym membership that you've tried to get rid of, George? Uh, yes. Boy, are they hard to get rid of. Yeah. You have like, to you go You pretty in. much sign your, soul, your, sign your soul away to the devil. Like, I did not write this contract in blood. Yeah. You have to go in. You have to talk to a person in real life. They're usually the most jacked person around, so, and they make you feel really insignificant. They just shame you yeah. <laughs> to the fact that you're quitting. Yeah, they're like, you sure? Like, you're you, a quitter. You, like, I can tell that you haven't been using the gym lately, but are you sure you want to throw in the towel? And they use the and they use the word bro a lot. Yeah, come on, bro. You know you you know you want it. Bro. Like, come on, bro. 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 bro, when was the last time you came to the um, gym and had a bad time, bro? Come on, bro. I'm not going to mention the company name because mm-hmm. we don't do that here. Uh-huh. But it's it's the short it's the short uh, name for a city in California, and the last thing is fitness. So I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to say what it is. But uh, I had a thing during the pandemic where I just bought a membership, and then everything shut down. Mm. And then I went back after everything reopened up in Ontario, which took for months and months and months. And they're like, "Well, your six months passed." I go, "The gym was closed." Like. How was I supposed to enter the gym when the city, uh, the by- the bylaw was to shut down your establishment? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, 
Dude, six months passed by. I go, I was unable to get into the building because it was closed and locked. That counts as time? <laughs> Never again. I'm like, okay. I was, I, I almost like, I, I almost lost it. Like, yeah, I, you're like, I've been swindled. I go, this, you guys, you again, guys got me. I only get really upset when things don't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, this is like, you guys are just taking advantage. Yeah. You're screwing me right now. Yeah. Like, obviously. The place was closed. You weren't allowed to go in. And that counts as, like, time as a member. Ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not going to mention the name of the company. But. No, I'm not. But. No, there's no but. But we should get them. We should just get them. No. Uh, How many more we got here? Two? Three left. Okay, go. Val from Airdrie. Me getting a birdie. Okay. <laughs> Simple and kind of right, sad. Val. Three Just can't years get a birdie in golf. Three it's years tough. without one bird, eh? Woof. It's tough. Birdies are fun. Been there. Birdies are fun. I had one all weekend. Oh, I thought you said you played really well and you had one. By my standards, I played well. Oh, okay. Remember, All right. I thought you were. I thought you were just like Victor Hovling. No, I, I'm, I'm not like you. Like, oh, how could I get past an eighty? Oh, oh, woe is me. Whoa. That's my George impression. Okay, it's. I, I, I don't even know. Like, stop <laughs> fooling the listeners. <laughs> Thinking you're me, okay, with your spot on impression. Because I nailed it so good. Like I, like I got goosebumps. <laughs> that how you're able to mimic my voice to such a T. Like, did you somehow use a recording on my voice I'm and using, put it into your body I'm and using, then press play? It's AI. Like, is that what you did? Yeah, it's AI, dude. I'm using alternative that's intelligence. Crazy. Yep, that's what it's called. Definitely not artificial. Whatever. Okay, I like the one from Val. All right, keep them going. Ward in Calgary. Forgetting people's names I've met on several occasions. <laughs> you know I like this one from Ward? Because it's I, me? Yeah, I, I introduced myself to Azam three times before I realized his name and who he was. <laughs> That's not a brag. Three times. Not a brag. He's like, we've met. I'm like, uh, sorry. Crap. You did that with me too, George. <laughs> sorry, Shan. Yeah, sorry, Shan. <laughs> I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> I'm just bad with names. Two great introductions, I will say. <laughs> okay, thank you. I'm bad with names. <laughs> like, I know if, like, if Shan was, like, a uh, vodka water guy, I'd remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> you mean but his actual name, I'm like, ugh, it's a tough one. Oh, oh. I thought you meant like a guy who could get you vodka waters. Like if he was no, if he was like someone, Shan, what's your drink? Vodka like, water. Boom. Here he, you go. If he was, what's your some, name? Oh, if he was someone who had used to me, then I'd remember his name. Like yeah, I sorry. thought that's what you were implying. See that's again, sorry, rude. Shan. You and Azam, I've introduced myself multiple times to. I apologize to both of you. I appreciate the apology because I'm just such a I'm just such a Richard. I can't help it. <laughs> Just that that that's one of my blind spots. We're forgetting people's names. No, George likes to tell me when we're off the air that he does it on purpose to assert dominance. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> assert dominance. What am I like a dolphin? <laughs> I won't tell you what dolphins do to assert do- dominance because you don't want to look that one up. Of my least favorite bits. Stop bringing this up. Like dolphins ever, are ever listen. Again. You think dolphins Stop. are fun and no, no. They are fun and whimsical. You're trying to. 
Tarnish no. their good name. You look up what no. other dolphins, don't specifically do male dolphins, don't, do to other male dolphins do to it. assert their dominance. Look it up. No, don't do it. I'm telling you right now. Your, you your whole perspective on dolphins Stop. will change for the rest of your life. Are you happy with what you've done? Besmirching the good name of those amphibious <laughs> dolphins? mammals? And you bet your ass, though, I only eat dolphins save tuna. <laughs> I'd spit in the face if somebody doesn't eat dolphins tuna. Only. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really weird paradox here where you're like, <laughs> Dolphins, yeah. no good for this, but also yeah. But I also don't get caught in a net when people when they're fishing for tuna. <laughs> but I also get sad when they're in the net. Yes. But also, yes, they're, they're terrible yeah, creatures. Yeah, I'm conflicted about it. <laughs> I heard this on another show. What happens when dolphins do die? Do they just float to the top? I don't know. That's um, yeah, that's a good query. I, I assume that at some point something eats it. Like, do they just like, float to the top? I think. Okay. The, I think the sun. How many eats, more we got? Eats the core. <laughs> just one left here. <laughs> okay, let's go. Gary from Airdrie, still shorter than my streak of severe IBS after eating the KFC. I can't quit you, KFC heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that one. Uh, I think I like. Uh, I think heart I like emoji. Ward. Heart you know what? I think I'm going to give the tickets to Ward because Ward and I are vibing. Now we can't remember names of people. Can you I'm, play the Ward one again, please? Ward in Calgary, forgetting people's names I've met on several occasions. Uh, congratulations, Ward! You're That'd going to be. see the Equalizer three. Uh, you get uh, one voucher for two general missions, two medium drinks. Two medium popcorns. Make sure, Ward, uh, you spend the extra 50 cents and get that butter layered, my Duh. man. Because that's what you got to do, uh, courtesy of our friends at Landmark Cinemas. We're giving away tickets all week because that's super fun. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. What do we got coming up on Mucho Big Show, GVP? We're going to be running back our chat with Charles Davis and then probably finishing, uh, finishing things out with uh, Arash Madani. So while you're there, are you going to look up information no, on dolphins and how I they said, assert their dominance? Just not. <laughs> I did. I did. No. Look up some of that don't say what up. they do. No, 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 no. But but uh, how shocked were you when you saw it? You know, you think of dolphins as cute and cuddly animals, and after nope. this, I uh, don't. don't it's like the ocean's jail. That's essentially what it is. Stop. <laughs> okay. And, and they they sink, not float, when they uh, do pass on. Oh. Yeah. They sink. Okay. Really? Thank you. That's information okay. I can use, not George's. Hey, the more you know. Yeah, thank you. All right, that's enough for me. Enough learning for today. Bye, George. Okay. Um, thank you, Master Impressionist, Matt Rose. <laughs> I was going to do, do my George impression again. Shut up. It's so... <gasps> the end of the show. I'm George Russing, Sports at 960 The Fan. Bye. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I guess we'll be back tomorrow, maybe. Give away some more movie tickets. And I promise you, I won't talk about dolphins tomorrow. Please. <laughs> Although I may. Uh, okay, you really kept your promise well. Okay. All right. Uh, Mucho Big Show, Big Show Plus, Big Show Hour 4, more Big Show is straight ahead. Uh, uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, if you want. Like, that'd be cool if you did. We would appreciate that. Be and a lot uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be awesome. Right be, once you be awesome. Um, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog. <laughs>